During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, March 14th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless, it's one of our Mondays. Every once in yeah. a while, the news stories kind of align in a way that is very Blessed Tim-centric. Wake it up to a new Sonic 2 poster that looks... <sighs> perfect oh my god Chef's what kid. a day a kirby concert let's go dude, dude i mean I, I don't have those in the news stories we can just talk about those now right like let's oh, start yeah. with the kirby concert i saw that and i was like that seems random but i could i probably could have predicted this based on the anniversary right oh well you never predict anything off of anniversaries of bless we learned that the hard way many many times however uh sonic knocked it out of the park with a concert last year me and you of both course absolutely blown away by the quality of that thing here we have kirby coming out now say what you will about the kirby game franchise nobody can talk shit about the soundtracks every single one is just an absolute like it's just fire emoji after fire emoji the entire way like think okay. about this think about smash brothers think about fountain of dreams think about green greens right think about all that stuff hype classics the guy that composed all the kirby music also composed all the original music for the Smash Brothers games. So the break the targets, all the like original dope okay. Final Destination, all that stuff. That's that me. guy. I wasn't so, sold before because honestly, I saw the concert and I was like, "Am I really excited for a Kirby concert?" Because mm -hmm. the only song that came to mind was the song of like um, the songs that I've heard from Smash Brothers of like the Kirby levels, right? Like the victory music mm -hmm. uh, that you have in Kirby. That was the only thing that really came to mind. But you are selling it. You are selling yeah. it on me a little bit. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. Also, that Sonic is gonna be a good time. Like that that mm. poster, Kevin. If you can pull it up, I saw this poster. Was it this morning that was revealed or last night? Uh, I saw it this morning. Sorry, okay. I, don't I know. might have seen it this morning too. But I saw it on the timeline. I was like, damn, they they're really nailing this. They know exactly what they're doing here, and they're knocking it out the park. All all the analogs to Sonic Two, the game, I think are fantastic. Had me super hyped. I'm ready for it, Tim. I'm not even watching the trailer yet because I don't want to get ruined on this movie. This movie's gonna be a blast. Process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Now, that's Tim, like, no, no, don't give me that. It wasn't a good no, was one. Good. That was good. That was good. You're almost there. Uh, how are you this daylight savings time? Because daylight savings is kicking my ass. Yeah, no, nah, it's not good. It's not good at all. Yesterday I had lunch with Kevin. We were talking about it. You just get all discombobulated because I woke up at like nine and I was like, it does not feel like nine. This is wrong. And I was like, it's actually mm. eight. My whole body's fucked up. What's going on right now? And then this morning was even more difficult. I don't like this shit. Yeah, I had the exact same day. I woke up at 9. I was like, why am I so tired? And then I realized, I was like, oh, no. Oh, God, it's spring forward. Kevin has the, the poster pulled up, of course. It's the exact mirrored poster from Sonic 2, of course, with um, Dr. Eggman in the background grabbing on. No, show the some fucking respect, Bless. Sorry, Dr. Robotnik. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me. Dr. Robotnik, a.k.a. Jim Carrey in the background, holding on to the number two with Sonic and Tails in the front. Fucking sexy. I'm all about mm -hmm. this, Tim. Kev, go over to the other picture if you can. 
of the classic Sonic 2? Oh, sorry. I, I sent it to Assets. I thought you had it pulled up because there's a side-by-side of the, the original Genesis thing. And it's just like, it's great, man. Even with his big old hand. Yeah, big old Jim Carrey hand. Yeah, that <laughs> hand that looks way too big for the for for how it looks compared to the face. You'll have Sorry, to see guys. Um, uh, Slack is oh, like freezing on me. Oh, wow. That looks cool. There it is. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah so this yeah. is the original Sonic 2 poster, which you can see the, 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 the mirror there. God, so cool. I can't wait. Yeah. Tim, you know what else I can't wait for? Mm. I can't wait for Ghostwire Tokyo. I can't wait for Stranger, Stranger of Paradise. And guess what? Our new stories include both those things. Because today's wow. stories include Ghostwire Tokyo previews, Stranger of Paradise reviews, and another state of play coming because this... It's kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code kind of funny on all Epic Store and Epic in game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you a new episode of kind of funny X Cast is available right now. It is Gary, it is Paris, it is Snowbike Mike talking about Starfield and if that can be the next best open world game that is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire fargo brady and pranksy today we're brought to you by me undies and doordash but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the rover report it's time for some news we have five news stories today a baker's dozen Starting with our number one, we have a Ghostwire Tokyo preview roundup. And guess what? Greg motherfucking Miller himself has been playing Ghostwire Tokyo, and he's here with us. Greg, how's it going? It is excellent. Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. How are you? I'm doing really good. Greg, how much of, of Ghostwire Tokyo have you played, and how much can you talk about for this preview? So for the preview, you can talk about the first two chapters. I've played beyond that, uh, but I currently can talk about the first two chapters, which I would have ended chapter two at probably like three and a half hours it's been interesting as you go around and read all the previews today and i know you're going to dive into some of them but as you go around it's been interesting to look and to see how many hours people have put into those two chapters because i think some people double down longer on them knowing they can only talk about that and the game's chock full of side quests so if you really wanted to get lost in the side quests you could obviously drag it out way longer than the three and a half i put in Interesting. Okay, well, I, I want to talk to you all about Ghostwire Tokyo, but I want to start off with these previews. I'm going to start off with Andrew Webster at The Verge, who writes, It's been a long time since I searched the streets for a phone booth, and it turns out to be an even more desperate experience when you're being tailed by vicious spirits. But it's something I found myself doing constantly while playing the first few hours of Ghostwire Tokyo, the latest release from Tango Gameworks, the studio behind the unsettling horror series The Evil Within. While Ghostwire covers some similar ground with lots of creepy folklore monsters lurking around, it's also a clear shift from survival horror to action action adventure and early on i'm having a blast with a mix of tense firefights and horror-like exploration the thing that has struck me the most so far i'm about seven hours in is how action focused ghostwire is navigating the streets subways and other parts of tokyo means using magic called ethereal weaving to blast a whole lot of bad guys right ethereal (laughs) weaving it can feel almost like a first person shooter at times battles often involve using multiple kinds of magic to knock out foes as they charge towards you in groups or hang back and toss glowing red orbs Uh, and then i want to hop into rich richard wakeling at gamespot who writes this 
Most of your time in between story missions, we spent taking on side quests. Friendly spirits will request your help uh, dealing with various problems throughout Tokyo. For instance, a young girl asks you to retrieve her grandmother's cherished umbrella after it transforms into a yokai, while another spirit is is concerned about the negative energy emanating from a bathhouse. Completing these side quests or completing these side missions usually takes no more than a couple of minutes, and there's not a lot of depth to them. Finding an object or defeating a few enemies is all they amount to so far. You do occasionally get to learn about different facets of Japanese folklore, so hopefully these side quests evolve and become more interesting in later chapters. It took me six hours to beat Ghostwire Tokyo's first two chapters, which speaks to how much there is to see and do within its open world. Ideally, the side missions will improve enough to make them worthwhile, and I'm interested to see how the combat progresses as I unlock more of Atiko's skill tree. The story hasn't grabbed me just yet either, but its mysteries are definitely intriguing, and I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Greg, as I was going through these previews, the thing that stuck out to me was how people were describing it as an open world game, because I didn't really get those vibes from the trailers and the latest showcase that they did for Ghostwire Tokyo. Is Ghostwire Tokyo, is it an open world game as you understand open world games? 100%. Yeah, it's surprising, I think, uh, for a game that we didn't know too much about coming into, right? Obviously, we've talked about this game a lot in terms of that amazing debut trailer, and then there's been things that have come out here and there, and then, of course, they have kind of like their own little uh, gameplay demo state of play kind of thing. Uh, it was one of those like, okay, cool. What are we actually getting into? And I'm surprised uh, by the comparisons I find myself making when I talk about this game, or at least think about talking about it. Because as Tim knows, I rehearse all the podcasts in my head. I don't mm-hmm. need to talk to anybody. Um, and it's the fact that blessing the things I would immediately call out was this game reminds me a lot of Crackdown. This game reminds me uh, in the way they have us out there actually trying to, uh, you know, do first person platforming and stuff reminds me of Dying Light 2. Like it is an open world game. It is, a you know, go through and, you know, you go to the Tory gates and when you cleanse a Tory gate that then expands the map, you can it removes the fog of war. You see uh, side missions on the map. You see, you know, some of the collectibles that are on the map that are tagged and stuff like that. There is this. Okay, cool. What do you want to go do? And that's why I think you're seeing this really fascinating play right now of who is where they are with it in in terms of how much time they've put into the game and how much time that actually went through and did it right. Like I was talking to Jordan Midler over the weekend and I, I, when I was DMing with him and stuff, I was like, yeah, you know, obviously I'm playing it and I'm trying to get through to this. He's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I just finished uh, this next chapter. I'm like, okay, cool. How far into the game is that? And he's like, that's 10 hours. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I was looking at my game clock. Right. And I was like, Mm. I'm, you know, I hadn't at that point finished chapter two. And I was like, two and a half hours in and he's like well i'm doing everything like you you know what i mean like it's really up to you on how you want to consume it and so you know for me with the embargo of preview being monday i was very much like cool i did some side missions that you know i didn't like main path it on purpose but it was the fact that i find i think it was the last preview read there right about side missions being a little bit okay what is this for (laughs) like what you know what i mean like it's the main mission of trying to get my feet on the ground in this tokyo and figure out what's going on and that's what's been you know fascinating for me with it is that I think the more I play, the more I enjoy it, where uh, the way chapter two ended, it was the first time where I was like, okay, you know what? I kind of feel like I have my head wrapped around how this game wants me to use the powers, how I'm going to use them in combat and what I'm doing. Like, I'm interested to play more. That said, I'm still not hot on it. I'm not in love Mm -hmm. with it. Like, I, I, I like it. I think I I think what I love what I love about it is that is it is decidedly weird. It is, you know, it is definitely a Tango Gameworks game where, you know, go through and pet the dogs and then read their minds and then they'll give you some clues and maybe you give them some food and they'll send you along your way and do this stuff. Like, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that. But the one thing I keep coming back to when I talk about it is that it is stiff. And what I mean by that is, like, 
gameplay feels stiff story feels stiff though like when you and I, I made a joke there about petting the dogs when you pet these dogs that are all over the place which i love like they're the the fur on their face does not look good it looks stiff like to take it to gameplay right i the one you read uh was talking about how like oh you know it almost plays like a first person shooter I, or they were kind of unex- uh, caught off guard by that like mm-hmm. i this is definitely a first person shooter like that's i mean that's how it plays you are using of course yeah the ethereal weaving as we were talking about the magical spells that are coming out of your hands but you know the we have you have the one we've seen so many times in the demos the green one which is like your uzi it's like your rapid fire bah, 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 bah. you know you can hold it you can charge it you can throw out multiples at the same time you have this red which is this big explosive move right that's kind of like targeted towards one thing and it goes real big and then you have your blue which they're using i i i originally i think they describe it more like a claw because it kind of slashes wide or whatever but for me it reminds me more of a shotgun where it's good for up close and personal and you can take out multiple people with it when i first started unlocking those things at, even after green like it was like mm, okay okay none of these feel great like i'm doing it and i'm doing damage on them and i'm doing it takes me a lot of damage to actually get you know their their chest to expose the core so i can take out the core and uh, vanquish them that way and then again where i was talking about where i was with chapter two it's okay now that i have the skill points and i'm investing them in the trees and i'm doing more damage or i'm able to you know send out more charged shots it's getting to be more enjoyable that way but like i I was driving out originally with this point it still feels stiff like it doesn't feel like a great first person shooter where I'm like, I write on, write on it lined up and bam, I'm making my shot and that feels great. It does feel a bit more. I'm all over the place. Like, you know, I'm turning and like, it's maybe I need to adjust sensitivities to that degree or something to have that actually feel like, okay, I'm in control of the reticle more. I'm getting it where I want to be, but it, I don't feel it's easy to get necessarily where you want to be to begin with. And obviously you're going to learn and play more with it. But then I think that also extends over to that traversal stuff I was talking about, right? Where I made the comparison at the top to crackdown. Uh, you know, crackdown, of course, famous for having orbs all over the city for you to go collect. Uh, in Ghostwire Tokyo, as you've seen many a time, right? All the people disappear, but their souls are still trapped on uh, around Tokyo. Still burns. The soul still burns, Timothy. And so these piles of spirits are all over the place and again we saw this and i think the state of play right where you walk over with the little paper uh icon that i'm forgetting right now the little you know prayer card basically sucking the spirits and then you put them into the phone booths to send them back <laughs> the, to keep them safe the thing is though these spirits are all over the place on the ground but then they're also up on top of buildings and all over the place because sca- scalability and getting vertical getting up high get, you know verticality of this game are a big part of it and we saw that again where it was those like okay cool you can do the like your spiritual tether to the floating guys in the air to kind of beam yourself up there right once you're up there blessing you're running from rooftop to rooftop there is no fall damage so you can jump off the top of the highest building land on the ground be okay and you also unlock this ability to basically turn into a ghost or use it to like glide out as a ghost so you go into this ethereal weaving no no that's that ethereal weaving is just spell casting that's all the spells you're using. Oh, all okay. that stuff. One of your abilities here is, yeah, where you can turn into like a ghost and fly over the thing. And it's it got a limited range. You can expand it more and do that. And again, that all is cool and fun, but it do, it almost feels like something not tacked on, but it feels like something that came in late where it doesn't, this game doesn't feel like, and again, you can only compare it to other things and doing stuff in the genre. Like Dying Light had locomotion and was kinetic, right? And it felt good. We all, That was one of the big things we said about it, a game that had a whole bunch of different things that were plot holes and broken uh, gameplay bugs, right? We all talked about how good it felt to parkour. Like, yeah, I don't get every, that every, here. Everything around Dying Light 2's gameplay, I felt like, was designed around those core elements of like, yeah, jump around, get into combat, and like, we're just going to build a game that just supports those two things. Is it, do you feel like Ghostwire Tokyo kind of 
loses itself a bit in that aspect? No, it loses itself. It just does it in its way, which I feel is stiff compared to the competition because it is like you're, you get pulled up there, but like it's not like Spider-Man pulling on his uh, web, right, to then shoot himself up there. It's more like I, this is a game where I, I definitely feel like I am a camera on a stick running around. And so when it gets mm. to, hey, let's, I'm going to go up there, it's not that I'm pulling myself up there. I'm being teleported up there and then stopping. And like even even like if you wanted to think of me being a ghost and going up there, eventually I come back into a human and I drop like a pogo stick, right? Boom, and I'm just in my place or whatever. So speaking of, of Spider-Man there, one thing that I noticed watching the, the trailers and gameplay videos for this, so, you know, with God of War, you, you have the axe and you feel like Thor. In, Insomniac Spider-Man, you feel like Spider-Man. Watching these trailers, seeing all the spell casting, I was like, a first person shoot or first person doctor strange game could be pretty cool does the spell casting have that type of like oh this feels cool to do or i don't want to make a judgment on that i'd want to wait for the review because in the beginning no i feel like shooting the green stuff does not feel good however at the end there was a section where you know now i've unlocked this ability where i you know i click in the sticks when i filled this meter and i slow down time and i can really like deliver uh, damage and then once i started like i said investing in the skill trees and getting more power out of them and being able to cast uh like you know hold the button longer to cast a bigger spell but like once i started unlocking the abilities to cut those down by percentages it was like Okay, I can see where if I get these all going and I'm going to feel powerful and whatever. Again, like it's such a hard uh, preview to do because I feel like I feel like I'm going to feel powerful in this game. I feel like mm. I'm going to turn that corner and feel like I am owning people. And that's what you'd want in a narrative like this, right? Like we didn't talk about the actual uh, narrative, but it is, you know, you're just a normal dude, Akito, right, who – it gets gets knocked down while this is happening and then kk bonds to you and now you're thrust into being a ethereal weaver and so yes. you're going through and learning all these things and like the story is interesting like i think it starts in kind of a trite place again there's a lot of dying light 2 comparisons to be made uh for what's going on and what gets you is the impetus but as you get going like there's more going on with kk there's more going on with it seems like he had a team of people that were like prepping for this and getting ready like i'm interested in that aspect of it but again i'm not enthralled like this is a game I'm 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 enjoying enough. Like right, you know, we're not. This isn't a review. This is a preview. But right now, I'd be like at a. It's 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 okay. You know what I mean? It's a three out of five. But we'll see if that can come up or down by the time we get to where we're actually reviewing. What is, what is about the game what? that is uh, growing on you? Because you mentioned earlier that like you feel like the game's growing on you the more you play it, right? Is it the, yeah. that the gameplay loop is becoming more satisfying? Is it that the game is feeling better? I think yeah, I think it's getting used to its world. If that makes sense, you know. Okay. I think I'm. I think you come in, you start doing this, and you're like, oh well, this did it better, or this was more interesting, or I don't know about that. And then you start easing into, well, okay, this is what this place is, and how the rules of this world are going to be, and what these skill trees are, and they have you know these interesting mechanics in there. You know, they were talking a lot of talk about side missions and those things again about the mileage going to vary, right? And so far, I've been able to, and I'm not going out of my way to Golden Path. I'm interested in the Golden Path, so I've been chasing it. And side missions, I've been doing. Side missions are always, not always the same, I shouldn't say that. Obviously, I'm very early in the game. But they are that you walk over to one of the spirits who isn't one you can collect because they still have work to do. You talk to that spirit and it says, oh man, you know, this guy was bad in that house and, you know, my granddaughter's in there or whatever. I'm not sure the relationship necessarily. And you go, okay, I'll go in the house. You go in the house and you get the cool stuff we've seen, you know, the, the you know hallways are moving and pictures are, you know, things and like the entire environment's changing around you. And then, yeah, you get in there and, you know, you break this, you know, haunted vase or whatever, and then you fight some guy, and then you talk to the other spirit in there who goes back to the other spirit, you go back to the other spirit, and it's done. But what's cool about, like, you know, whatever, if you like the mechanics, and I, I do so far, I'm enjoying them, when you go through, right, uh, those side missions then uh, reward you with uh, uh, 
Magatama, which is like a uh, currency you then spend uh, on the skill tree that isn't skill points, but it's blocking off some of the higher tier, like what you can do on that skill tree part. So like there is this actual motivation to go through and do it that isn't just more XP. Like, I, I appreciate that they're, you know, hey, I really want this thing. I can target what I want on the skill tree. I can be like, you know what? I'm really invested. Like, right now, I've already invested in all the the glide I was talking about, right? Like, flying as a ghost. But the third level of that, right, is actually locked by, okay, cool. I need to go get uh, three Makatamas and get that and have that ready to go and go. So, it's like, it's this interesting thing in... It's delightfully weird. I appreciate how weird it is. I like talking to the dogs. You know, the creature, the enemy design and creatures are creepy. I'm not, it, I think somebody called out in there, right? It's it's definitely not survival horror. Like, it isn't meant to be that. It is yeah, action adventure. Action and adventure. I, I do think I want to, at some point in this game, if not uh, immediately, turn up the difficulty. Like, I'm playing on default normal, and I'm just not. I'm just clowning people out. Even, like, the bosses, uh, I think I've run into one boss, and I wouldn't say it's a real boss. It's just like the introduction of a bigger character that you haven't fought before. And for her, it, I, I think I lost a couple times before I was like, oh, right. I, there's a block in this game. I, nobody's really challenged me to block up until this point. I need to start using the block thing. And then when I did that, you know, owned her. No big deal, Tim. Yeah. Greg, I, I have one burning question. Yeah. Do we know what the ghost wire is? You know, Tim, a lot of people wonder what the ghost wire is. Well, you have to find out. Playing. I mean, I do use that ghost wire to shoot up to the top of buildings. Maybe that is it, but they don't call it a ghost wire, to my mm -hmm. knowledge, so far. Because so we'll ghost wire reminds me of one thing and one thing only: the opening of the hit 2002 movie Ghost Ship. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I need all of you to YouTube that right now and just watch the intro because it'll blow your fragile little minds. You know what I'm talking about, Greg? Yeah. No, I don't actually. I'm just trying to. Oh, really? I, like, I don't know. Ghost ship. I've never about. seen ghost ship. I don't know. Oh, guys. Oh, y'all are in for a uh, Well, the chat's loving it. Whatever. Yeah. I got hung up on this. Nanobiologist in the chat who is also playing this uh, for preview said, Greg, did you over collect on healing items? Because that's how I just did that. Uh, this game needs a dodge badly. That's, yeah, I have a gajillion healing items and like I, you can stop at convenience stores. It's also this weird mashup of almost a, and I'm being fast and loose, I guess, with this, but it reminds me a lot of a first person Yakuza. Because it is like that with the community stores. And of course, you're walking around Japan, uh, Tokyo, right? It feels mm -hmm. like that. But even like the, the fonts and the text and how they're displaying some information feels like it. Uh, but yeah, I did nano <laughs> over collect on healing items. Again, not on purpose. Bless they're just him. everywhere. And like you can use spectral sense, which is like detective vision, you know what I mean? To ping out and it'll show you where you're going to go for the main mission. But it'll also show you collectibles in the world, things to go break for, you know, to refill your ammo, uh, things to break to get coins. And then also, yeah, uh, food items all around. And so dodge is something this game desperately needs. I agree with that 100%. I have two more questions. One, would you describe this game as a checklist game in the way that like we think about Dying Light 2 or Far Cry as being this open world game that, you know, where you're clearing out clearing out activities, you're looking at your quest log and you're just going through and clearing shit. Uh, and then also, like, who is this game for in terms of audience, right? Because it, as you're describing it, it sounds weirder and weirder just in terms of how interesting and different the aesthetic is, but also how, like, you know, this seems like a, a, a Far Cry style or Dying Light 2 style open world game that is doing things that I don't. I might go to Far Cry 4 instead or a Dying Light 2 for instead. Do you think that this has a specific audience that it is going for? Uh, and then also, would you say that those comparisons are apt? Three questions, three questions. Uh, yeah, I know. Number one, <laughs> you, you're asking, is this an open world checklist game, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. Like that's in a I mean, post Elden Ring world. I know, right? Well, you know, this game has been in development too long. They couldn't, they couldn't keep up with what's going on over there with the maiden list. Oh no, but hundred percent blessed. Like I'm, I have my map open right now, and guess what? It is an icon buffet of both them trying to be like 
really helpful with fast travel points and shopping things and the phone booths to drop souls off of. But then also like I'm in one lower section of the city right now and I have seven different side missions available right there that have opened up since I opened whatever Tory gate and like the, my maps littered with stuff like that to go off and do. And then there's the fog of war to go expand it out and clear, you know, it's just like, uh, assassin's creed with their points of interest, right. With their high marks that I'm forgetting right now, but you know, synchronization points where, you know, you see the Tory gates and then that opens up the map. Like it's exactly that. And so that's what's going on. And then for your question of who's it for, my answer would be, I think somebody who sees a, well, I mean like, First off, to compare it to Far Cry, right? What this one's doing is like, I would say immediately, this game already has so much more personality as a game than Far Cry does. Far Cry, like Far Cry 6 to 5 to 4 to 3, like don't get me wrong, you know I love those games, everybody, but I do feel like they're all kind of turnkey in what you're doing, you know what I mean? Like, all right, cool, you know, got a bad guy to do it and I'm going to take off a bunch of his boss friends or whatever to get there and then we'll finally have a thing and it'll be, and I'm going to fly, like this game is weird as shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it does do different things with the mechanics. And like, I was talking about, I didn't expect to have all the verticality to it, but then like, you know, uh, actually, I guess that's a spoiler for something after the preview embargo, but it is doing different things with it and putting you in different places. And again, there are interesting turns. It, it does in terms of the story and the world. Like, I think the fact that you're doing this all in Tokyo, right? Like I've played in Tokyo in plenty of games, but I can't remember the last time it was open world. I'm jumping from rooftop to rooftop. There's all these different Easter eggs. Like I ran into a persona Four Easter egg in this. Like, hell yeah, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, that's a uh, neat little thing to do in there and have in there. Uh, and what was the final question? Oh, who's it for then? I mean, it's, it's you know, I think if you love Japan or you love uh, weird stuff or you love sci-fi horror things, you know what I mean? Because it's more horror. If you like horror elements to an open world game, which, again, I don't think you get all that often in a modern setting. Again, you could point to your Bloodborne or something like that, but I think you're getting it more here with it. But again, I don't, th- I don't think it's knocking it out of the park on any mm-hmm. of it. My final, final question, because I keep I keep thinking of more questions, and I know we got to move on with the show, and I know you don't you, – you only give you know, preview impressions. My but. mom's here. I don't want to go up and talk to her. You know, yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Y'all should watch Ghost Ship together. How, I, I'm going to look into Ghost Ship. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I just watched the opening scene, and it is even more bonkers than I remember. It's so much Are we gonna get more claimed? than I remember. If you no, watch not, it on the KPD, no, yeah, yes, yeah, we, you're going to get claimed. We can't watch it. Is it, it worth the risk, though? No, oh, it's not. Too, Seven o'clock, this episode goes live. Way too graphic. Yeah, but uh, we'll but, watch it off stream later. It's amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch it later. Uh, my other question for you then is, you know, we're right now. I think we're in an open world moment with video games, right? Like it started with Dying Light Two and Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus, right? We both played Horizon Forbidden West and absolutely loved it. I'm playing Elden Ring, and plenty of people playing playing Elden Ring, getting their minds blown by it. How is it playing this game after Horizon? Is it like a noticeable? oh man i'm just coming off of this game that looks incredible that plays incredible kind of thing or does it separate itself enough to where you're not thinking about it in that way i think again like you know to everything we've been playing recently or in general i look to this game and i i want more from it and you know and what i want more from is like the story in general like if you want to go to horizon comparison right it was the fact that every horizon side mission right felt awesome and even but then even the main quest was really compelling in what you're doing like this one, like, you know, I get the the impetus for why the main character who's alive, you know, uh, uh, Akito is uh, going to go on his quest. And it was like, oh, all right, well, that kind of seems paper thin and overplayed, but whatever, let's go do it. And it's like, OK, now I'm off. And like, I'm not I'm pulled through because I'm like, all right, well, I'm interested enough by KK, the guy who's the spirit inside of us, right, that we're using his powers for and stuff like what's going on with this team and where's it? But like, I mean, I'm I'm I guess that's the best way to put, put it right is like. I've talked about it before, like Horizon Lane. I can't wait to get her back to Horizon, blah, blah, blah. 
I can't wait to get back to Ghostwire because it's my job. Like I'm, I'm reviewing this. I want to play through it and I want to see it through and see what it is. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't, I wouldn't continue on with it. I don't think it's remarkable mm-hmm. enough for off the two chapters. Again, I, I, I got more warmed up to it by the end of chapter two, but I'm not sure if I'm going to turn that corner and be off to the races with it. Well, Greg, thank you so much for bringing your impressions, your preview impressions of Ghostwire Tokyo uh, here to KFGD. I assume, uh, I guess I don't want to assume, right? Like, are we, are you going to have a full review for us at some point? I will have a full review on the old TikToks and the games cast as well. I do not know the embargo, so I couldn't even to- tell you if I knew it or if I was whatever. So I don't know. Gotcha. We'll stay tuned for that. Uh, before we get to our next news story, though, I want to let you know that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to DoorDash. Sometimes pulling into your driveway after a trip to the grocery store only to realize you forgot one key ingredient for dinner kind of feels like the end of the world. But with DoorDash, you can get the groceries and household essentials you need or a backup meal from your favorite local restaurant delivered in under an hour. Desperately craving a late night snack or just want to stock up for the week with DoorDash, get it all in one app. We've been using DoorDash forever. You hear us on the Kind of Funny podcast always talking about the different taquerias we're ordering from, the different burger places we're ordering from we are super happy and we love to just get the food delivered right to us for a limited time you guys can get 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on your first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code kinda funny that's 25 percent off up to a 10 dollar value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code kinda funny don't forget that's code kinda funny for 25 percent off your first order with doordash subject to change terms apply shout out to me undies we've all been there trying on clothes in a dressing room and everything makes you look like three kids hiding in a coat finding the perfect size is annoying that's why me undies makes undies bralettes and loungewear to fit just right y'all know how long i've loved me undies i am often wearing the shirt the lounge pants the undies the socks like i'm doing right now if i was a cartoon character this would just be my my outfit would just be all me undies i love it because of the soft micromodal fabric and because it does fit really well MeUndies knows that comfort starts with the perfect size and fit that's why they wear test all sizes from extra small to 4xl for everything they make they've got different cuts for different butts and everything from bold colors to fun adventurous prints so the world can be a comfier place for every booty <laughs> uh, me on these promises if you're not comfortable with any product for any reason you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days me has a great offer for y'all for any first-time purchasers you can get 15 percent off and free shipping right to your door to get 50 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 percent satisfaction guarantee Go to meundies.com slash kind of funny. That's meundies.com slash kind of funny. Tim, do you, do you smell that smell? Ew. That was so aggressive. <laughs> get, get some nasal spray. Honestly, guys, I had like really lightheaded after that. <laughs> that was a fucking That was an aggressive sniff. But hey, you got to do a sniff that big when it's review season. You got to get those flavors in your nose. It's funny. During the, the, the ad break, flavors. we were talking about like the, yeah, the flavors. The flavors of review season, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I need like a moment. <laughs> Tim, catch your breath because that was, that was aggressive. But we were talking about like yeah, Greg. I was sold on that game before. Greg kind of unsold me a little bit, but also, you know, he's he's causing me to kind of reevaluate and look at my my play schedule for my games because like there are so many games coming out and i was just tweeting out this morning that like you know i finally i got my i have my hands on gta 5 right coming out tonight uh booted it up and when i tell you that i got emotional (laughs) looking at this game run on performance rt mode 
super smooth, super crisp. This game that I put hundreds and hundreds, I don't know if you listened to the Friday's KFG with me and Zach Weizen. Like yeah. I went I went back to check my hours, right? And I think on PS5 or PS4, I played like 500 something hours and that's not including my PS3 hours, which I'm sure is at least 200, 300, right? I put in a lot of hours into yeah. GTA 5. And so like seeing this game that I've played a lot, uh, look this good and run this smooth granted i can't give impressions for like the things people want to know like load times and online and stuff i only played like 15 minutes earlier today but uh seeing it run that smooth i was like holy shit man like this is doing something to me this is incredible and That's so review awesome. season check here, it out it's on and popping oh yeah 1000 percent. go check it out because if you if you've not seen gta 5 in a while or if you've even seen it like recently and you boot up boot up this new version you're gonna go holy smokes this looks hot yeah it looks That's hot. awesome very exciting good for them took good a while but yeah, hey, sometimes a wild here. results in good stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it took them re-releasing broken versions of the classic GTA games for the for us to get here. But hey, you know you got to do what you got to do. Speaking of review season, though, story number two: Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin has a review roundup right now, it's sitting on Metacritic at a seventy-three and on Open Critic at a seventy-six. Jada Griffin at IGN gave it an eight out of ten and writes this. It began as a collection of the loosest of story ideas that seemed to go nowhere, but slowly but surely Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin pulled it all together and managed to stick the landing. Though you'll want to be sure to scour it for collectibles if you want the full effect of its revelations. A solid and engaging combat system can be tuned to be as challenging as it is rewarding. Coupled with versatile character customization that lets you mix and match from dozens of interchangeable jobs, your character fights how you see fit and gives the ability to experiment and find a winning combination in single-player or three-player co-op. There's significant room for improvement in the tools it gives you to manage the avalanche of gear uh, that drops in every mission, but the nods to Final Fantasy history littered throughout its levels are enough to divert attention from that sort of thing. Add in all the extra challenges awaiting after finishing the story, and you'll, uh, you will find plenty of content to sink your teeth in, uh, in, or sink your teeth into that is made even better when you join up with others. And then John Bales at Games Radar gave it 2.5 out of 5 stars and says, not entirely awful, but alarmingly rough and unrefined. There's a half-decent time to be had bashing your way through, through Stranger of Paradise's dungeons, but routine level design, rough edges, and messy narrative delivery stop the experience evolving into something into a compelling adventure. Despite its efforts to create ordered systems, chaos has the final word. <laughs> Tim, this is an interesting one because over the weekend, I finally got the chance to boot up the latest demo that went live after the uh, the previous state of play. Uh, and I was excited because, one, I was seeing my roommate, Maka Hayam, a fanbite, tweet out about Stranger of Paradise. And that's why I texted him. I was like, hey, do you have the game? Like, <laughs> like do I need to go back and reach, through the, reach back for the game? But he was like, no, I'm playing the demo. And the demo's save progress transfers to the full game. And I was like, oh, shit. Hell, yeah, I'm doing that. And so I booted it up over the weekend. And when I tell you that this game has a terrible first impression where you hop in, the cutscenes from the get-go don't look great. The the uh, like the visuals look almost smudgy in a way where I'm like, did somebody oh, no. rub rub Vaseline on my screen? The legitimately, I was, look. yeah, legitimately, I was like, am I running the PS5 version? I had to check a few times. I was like, is this? Am I running the PS4 version? What is wrong with this thing? Uh, the cutscenes cutscenes felt awkward, right? Like the 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 lines, the delivery, everything about it I seemed mimi to the point where i was like is this on purpose or is this just bad uh but once i got through all that once i got into the <laughs> once i got actually into the missions to, and i kid you not like i can't wait for if you check out this game i can't wait to see other people check this thing out because like once i got into the missions i got halfway through the first mission before i was like oh this might actually be better than it's coming off and then like i'm in mission three right now i've done a few boss fights and i'm like 
no, nah, this game's actually fun. Like, the gameplay of this game is actually a good time, right? It has, like, a gear slash loot slash class system that is engaging, where it is you can equip two different classes at one time and switch between a swordsman and a, a, I think it's pronounced a pugilist, which is, like, a fist fighter type character. Yeah, that's a word that I didn't know before, Tim. Shout out to Square. Shout out to Square. You can, like, you know, you could be, um, like, a, a dual hand, like, knife fighter, right? Like, as a bunch of different classes and upgrade trees for each of those classes and the customization that you can get into with the different gear that you're collecting and different like wearable stuff that you're collecting it's actually pretty engaging it's a lot like it's a lot of gear it's almost borderlands like but it's really fun and the actual gameplay and combat itself is fun it feels like a an interesting palette cleanser after coming off of elden ring because obviously there are the i guess similarities there between both of these games being you know high fantasy action games like Elden Ring is definitely is kind of slower in its combat than something like Final Fantasy which definitely feels like a midway between like a Soulsy type game and a uh like a Devil May Cry right it feels like it's in the middle and obviously it's coming from the same devs as Neo and so that makes sense uh yeah. but playing it like it feels a bit more easier than what I would have expected from the folks behind Neo right it feels mm -hmm. a bit more approachable uh, in that way and like the combat just feels fun I think that is the most important thing is that like I'm going through the levels and I'm like yeah, man, I'm engaged. I'm enjoying uh, going through the levels. I'm enjoying the boss fights. I'm enjoying equipping different weapons and seeing the different abilities that I can do. It's a fun game. Um, but yeah, no, like I think what you're going to see from a lot of these reviews is, oh, yeah, the story just does not seem there. It is wild see, how ridiculous the story is. That's my thing, though, is does it turn the point of that is now a selling point? Because to me, I'm a lot more interested in this game because of the amount of Twitter clips I've seen where I'm like, there's how is that real how is that actually in the game how is that what he says to him at this moment like that stuff it feels like funny like it feels like like it, whether it's intentional or not like they've succeeded at it being enjoyably bad and yeah. if that's backing up a quality gameplay system i don't know What's that sells thing? me way more than just a here's another final fantasy story about some like emo dudes that's the thing that's that is what's carrying me forward and wanting to play the rest of the game and like as soon as i finished up the uh what i was playing in the preview like i woke up this morning and i went oh man i want to play more final fantasy and so i went into the slack and i told i requested greg i was like hey if there's stranger paradise codes like send it my way because i want to play the rest of this game and that is because the story even though it's i don't care about it from a <laughs> what's going on in the world place i do care about it from a Okay, let's see what ridiculous place like where where this goes in terms of ridiculous places, right? Like in terms of the weird cues, in terms of I I was dying laughing at the end of the first mission because there is just an awkward cut after the first uh, boss battle you do where you're talking to an NPC character and uh, I forget exactly what the phrase is, but it was uh, the, these guys are always talking about killing chaos. It's all they're obsessed with. All the they time, just wanna, yeah. they just want to kill guys. chaos. They say it every five seconds. We got to kill chaos, and he says something along the lines of like, "Oh, actually, I knew, I know what he says." Right? Somebody basically tells him that chaos is not what you may think, and the guy's like, "Bull," and this is your main character, right? He's like, "Bullshit," and he then plays an iPod, and it plays some like fucking butt Limp rock music. Is it Limp Bizkit? It looks like Limp Biscuit, yeah. And he walks away, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this game?" Um. But like I had a good time, right? Like I ended that cutscene dying laughing, and I'm I'm riding off the story as something I'm not gonna get too invested in the way that I got very invested in Final Fantasy VII Remake story. But you know, if the gameplay yeah. is there, I think I'm gonna have a good time with it. And so that's kind of where I'm at with Final Fantasy uh, um, Origin: Stranger of Paradise. Is this is this a game that now you think you're gonna play? I'm definitely giving it a shot now. Like they they've achieved the level of stupidity that is just so right up Tim Getty's alley. Like I got, yeah. I got to give it a the shot. The more I played it, the more I was like, Tim should give this a shot. As somebody who's I gotta kill chaos, fantasy. man. <laughs> you gotta kill chaos. 
Let's hop into story number three. We're getting another state of play this week. This time it's focused on Hogwarts Legacy. I'm pulling directly from the PlayStation blog. Avalanche Software and Warner Brothers Games are happy to partner with PlayStation to bring you a special edition of State of Play entirely dedicated to Hogwarts Legacy. The broadcast will begin this Thursday, March 17th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Since we first revealed Hogwarts Legacy, the trailer has been viewed over 28 million times on the PlayStation YouTube channel. We promise to share more this year, and we're finally ready to deliver on that promise. The show will run for about 20 minutes, featuring over 14 minutes of Hogwarts Legacy gameplay captured on PS5, and concluding with some some insight from a few members of the team at Avalanche Software who are bringing the wizarding world to life. This is an incredible moment that we've been building toward for a long time. We can't wait to show you what we've been working on. Tim, this is one that came out of left field, right? We're coming off of a state of play that just happened last week. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is one that we've not heard of, heard from in a while. And I think the, the rumors and talk has been that, oh yeah, this game seems like it's going to come out in 2023. It doesn't seem like it's around the corner. Did this one surprise you when it, when it uh, came up this morning? Yeah, this is definitely a surprise um, for a, a lot of reasons. But uh, I was thinking back and it being a state of play, I think was also surprising for me. Like I really would not have yes. put my money on uh hogwarts legacy getting its own state of play yeah, like that's third just... party game from Avalanche software right i think kind of funny.com slash you're wrong i think this is the first time we're having a full state of play that is about a third party game because like the ghostwire tokyo thing was a showcase not a state of play technically uh, death loop but that's a good point yeah yeah which Wait, did we did we get a death loop specific state of play i think we did because death loop you're i think wrong, disappeared the yeah, I, 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 it was everywhere. On. I know that, but it was I'm everywhere. pretty sure it got its own. But um, either way, this this is interesting that they're doing that. Um, I guess if I remember correctly, this was a game first officially formally announced at one of the PlayStation events. I don't yes. think it was a state of play. I think it was, the it was one of the PS5 showcase showcases. or the meeting or whatever the fuck they called it. Um, so so I guess that it does kind of line up that marketing is going to be be there. Um, obviously, no good time to talk about this game, release this game, whatever in a mm. JK rallying being a piece of shit world um and i don't think that is going to change uh, yeah, i don't know that like, that can change so this is coming to i think a couple days after she went on another like twitter tirade you know talking about trans people and things that you should not say about trans yeah, folks absolutely and i think that that kind of uh makes this even more complicated because it's not like there's going to be a better time well oh man it sucks she did it this week they could have just it, had they done this early it's like no she always is saying dumb shit yeah uh, because she stands by the dumb shit which like puts this game and everything in a really awkward place definitely puts us covering it in a weird place like i feel like with the way kind of funny is like we really are kind of picking and choose like we get to make the choices and how we feel about everything because not everything is equal but like i don't think we're going to react to this live unless somebody mm -hmm. on the team like is gonna evangelize but like oh i want to like i feel like the harry potter people on our, our team are not gonna want to do that so yeah it's so we'll tough because you know in a world where jk rowling wasn't being a piece of shit out there i would be excited for this game right Absolutely. like it's avalanche software it's a harry potter game which like I, I remember growing up you know going to friends houses and playing what was it it must have been harry potter chamber of secrets it was one of the ones that was on the original xbox right i remember going to over their place playing that game and being like yo this is awesome right and you know you grow up watching sorcerer stone and, and prisoner askman and all these movies right and like them meaning something to you, let alone the people that are actually fans of the books and like go through all the lore and read all this shit, right? And watch all these movies. You know, there's a level of, there's a level of like, I guess, nostalgia and appreciation you have for the franchise that like makes me personally, I, I was, I, when this was first announced, I had that, th that gut thing of, oh shit, let's go. Oh shit. Ah, oh, damn. JK Rowling is really like ruining my excitement for this thing. And that's where I'm at now where I see the state of play get announced and I'm like, 
well, fuck, man. Like, you know, it, it sucks because I did. I literally just read J.K. Rowling's tweets right before seeing this thing announced, and it's hard to get excited about this thing that I want to be excited about because I know if I support it, I'm also supporting her. But also, like, I know the devs that are creating it don't have anything to do with that, and it sucks for them as well. You know, it's such a tough place to be in with all these things. Absolutely. It, it totally is, but, like, at the end of the day, like, she is absolutely horrible for the things that she is continuing to stand by and say. So it's like I think that that – for me, I'm like, hey, I'm not saying for it. But again, if somebody else did, I wouldn't necessarily blame them. This is a very complicated, layered thing. Like, the devs are not related to this at all. It is such a shitty situation for them to be in that because of her fucking horrible views, it is going to affect their their careers, their jobs, their, their, their mm-hmm. passion that they're putting into this project that hopefully is something that a lot of people want or are going to be able to enjoy. But I don't, I think that, I, I know that there are, a demonstrable uh, there's demonstrably less people that are going to enjoy this than who would have enjoyed it yeah uh so that's just kind of the state of it all that that is the state of play it's the state of play uh story number four tim perfect dark has lost its game director this is andy robinson at video games chronicle perfect dark's game director appears to have quit xbox developer the initiative according to his linkedin profile as spotted by xbox sleuth clobriel uh dan newberger left the california-based studio last month His profile page currently flags that he is looking for work elsewhere in design or director roles. Newberger had worked at the initiative for nearly four years and was previously a game director on the Tomb Raider series at Crystal Dynamics, the same studio which is now collaborating on Perfect Dark. The Perfect Dark director's exit marks at least the second major design departure on the project in the last 12 months, potentially more than a year ahead of the reboot's expected release. Tim, how do you take this one? Is it? Do you find it strange that you're seeing... A couple of people that are high level leaving the project a year, um, what at least a year before its release, or do you think this is just business as usual? People come and go. It's both. I mean, it is business as usual, especially in this industry. We've seen so many shifts, and I think that we've had equal amount of director, like high profile people, maybe not just directors, but high profile team members leaving the project and it turning into a disaster or turning into a masterpiece or somewhere in between. Like I, I don't think that this is necessarily like the doom and gloom, like oh fuck, this project's uh, ruined. Um, but it also isn't. It's not a great sign. You know, like, I feel like no matter what, this isn't ever going to be unless these are bad people or unless like there's something that we know, like, oh, they're they are the cause of X, Y, Z issues. Like, it's not necessarily a good thing. So um, I don't know. I think Perfect Dark has a, a lot to prove. It's definitely uh, more of an uphill battle type game. Yeah. Uh, do, you, because- do you think it can live up? Do you think it has the stuff? Because this oh, is yeah. interesting as, you know, it's the studio's first game as, in, as a new AAA advertised quadruple A studio, right? They're collabing with Crystal Dynamics on this thing. They're bringing back a franchise that is beloved, right? But is older, right? I think Perfect Dark Excitement is kind of, it's calmed down over the years to where I don't think you're going to, I don't think you have to speak to a fan base that is like ravenous about a thing, right? It's not like Dark Souls where it's been active for like forever and Elden Ring has to live up to the greatest of expectations. But you are making a perfect Dark game, right? Which I know does mean a lot for a lot of people. You're a big new, you're a big new Xbox franchise, right? Like, what do you think this game has to do to live up to the expectations for it? Um, I mean, I, the expectations, I think that's the weirdest thing is like because of it being an IP that was at one point beloved but then was almost immediately shot on and now it's been 20 years like i don't really think that the expectations are the thing this needs to beat i think that this needs to redefine what perfect dark and joanna dark is mm-hmm. and are like i think that that's the thing is like will this be 
will this live up to the hype of it being a quadruple a game of it being a, a pillar of xbox's kind of uh, stable of, of titles like i think that is the the bigger question of will it meet expectations because that's where the expectations are set for this like this is a all hands on deck especially with them getting in crystal and all um them involved like i do think that this is good news overall i I have faith that Perfect Dark can turn into a killer franchise for Microsoft with a a new face for Xbox in Joanna Dark. I um, hope so, man. But I also don't think that it's a guarantee that that's going to happen. But I do think that uh, Phil and the team and all of them over at Xbox have proven that they will allow games what they need to kind of mm-hmm. exist in the, in the ecosystem that Xbox has been creating. So I'm I'm hopeful that they kind of take their time, make the right choices and, and go from there. And hopefully uh, this shaking around here of the director and stuff isn't the bad news that on paper yeah. it seems to be. doesn't like derail the game. And like I, this is one I, you talked about, like, you know, Xbox having the space to like give their developers the space to to let their game exist the way it needs, needs to exist. Right. And like, you know, I, I think Xbox is they're in a very interesting place where they have now an overabundance of studios between like the Xbox game studios that are already there now. But that's done now Activision Blizzard. Right. They have a lot of game studios and i don't think they're in a rush to put anything out because they can kind of take their time with, with shit right they have a big game this fall in the in the in the way of starfield i'm sure ne- and they also have redfall right and i'm sure there's gonna be more games to come that they announce for the rest of this year right next year they could have what maybe out of outer world this is me not knowing anything right could be the next outer world could be um uh, uh hellblade the next game right like the list goes on in terms of games that they they can use to fill out that schedule and keep game pass active and keep the xbox ecosystem exciting and bright and so like if perfect dark doesn't come out for the next two years they're fine right and they can take their time with it i do want it to be like a a dope ass game though like right that is that is like the big thing about it is you know it's it's, again bringing back a, a franchise that's been gone for a while right big new studio i'm sure they want success for it and i think xbox could use some more faces right that you put alongside a master chief right or a a car a, or a car right or marcus marcus phoenix right from gears that, that's his name you know you put alongside those guys right like having a joanna dark there that is here's a brand a brand new you know exciting character that that we have on the poster i think that's exciting i think the other exciting thing for me is that like i want a game that is a triple a cyberpunk you know sci-fi cool ass first person shooter right or maybe third person shooter even um that feels like it is filling that space that cyberpunk kind of failed to live up to in its own hype right and something that we're missing with um deus ex kind of going away also i want something in that sphere because that is a dope ass sphere that i feel like not enough developers are taking advantage of like i like my i like me a, a nice cyberpunk game that feels like either a immersive sim first person shooter or cool ass action rpg right like i think you can make something really cool with that so to have that first party and have that maybe be exclusive i think that could be really exciting yeah, I, I'm very excited. I I was obviously loved the original Perfect Dark, and I think that there was a lot of fun in that world. Um, and the, there's a lot of dumb charm of like the stupidity of like Elvis the alien and like the fun gadgets mm-hmm. and all that. And I don't think that that translates one for one in 2022, but I do think that that could be modernized to be something that's actually really cool and special. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm hopeful. I think that they're investing the right way. So, 
Last news story for you. Story number five. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands will have full crossplay. I'm pulling from Randy Pitchford on Twitter, which, you know, it's rare that I get a news story from Randy Pitchford just tweeting out, tweeting it out. But here we go. Uh, Randy tweeted this out over the weekend. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands will ship on March 25th with full crossplay for all platforms at launch, including PlayStation. Incredible work from, from the engineers at Gearbox Software, with thanks to our partners at 2K Games and First Parties, including Sony, for working together on this. That is really exciting. We were talking about this. I think it was on Gamescast when Greg was giving, uh, Greg and I were giving our preview impressions of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and that was one thing that came up of, hey, are we going to play together? Oh, Andy's probably going to play on PC. I mean, Greg are probably going to play on PlayStation, right? How are we going to make this happen? I love I loved to see that crossplay is happening. You know, I hope that they're able to get it working smoothly, and I think it's going to be huge for the game because obviously, like, Borderlands in this franchise is something that people love playing co-op. That is a big mm-hmm. part of the game, and being able to party up uh, together is huge, and so... Good stuff, Gearbox. Can't wait for it. Absolutely. I mean, it is fun that we were just having that conversation and, uh, you know, it's down to the wire, literally like days away from this game coming out. And then this is announced that they're they're doing this. So that's awesome. And hey, major shout out to Sony for actually making it happen. Right. Like, yeah. I think that's kind of the the biggest part of this story here is that like we're like working a little bit more towards a. Uh, uh, assumption and standardization that games are going to be cross-play like the fact that greg can't beat the living shit out of Khalif adams in wwe oh, 2k 2022 bullshit bullshit and also like gta online crossplay. the fact that that's not working is bullshit as well like i, I, I real talk i feel like mm-hmm. that is the most egregious thing when we were joking earlier about how long the next gen versions took like i yep. feel like that's the type of thing of like yo get this right like that that should be the give gta online a chance to be the fucking biggest thing in the world mm-hmm. again you know like level it up a little bit more man 1000 percent. yeah it's a bummer to like you know try and coordinate like what the stream looks like between me greg mike and i like I, seeing other seeing people like folks like andy right be like yo yeah i want the xbox version i'm like oh man but come over to this side come over to this side and of course like it's free on ps plus so he could play it on um playstation if he wanted to but it's that thing of you don't need to separate people like this i do think the thing with, with gta 5 is that it's probably still rooted in that old architecture and they're probably just moving things up to include these two consoles but because the game launched in 2013 they probably just don't have any built-in system to make it easy to implement crossplay. but man you're rockstar you got the money like i it'd be dope to see them actually go all in and go oh no this actually matters let's spend the big bucks on this Mm -hmm. but hey tim gta 5 crossplay is probably just so far away if i want to come out to mom grab shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Capybara Spa for PC, which sounds amazing. Sick. Right? Kevin, can you look up Capybara Spa? I got to know how that looks. I got to see some gameplay. I imagine it's very cute. Yeah, we also got Hyperbolica for PC. Uh, new dates for you. We got Kirby's 30th Anniversary Music Fest. Uh, that's been announced. That is happening on August 11th at Tokyo Garden Theater and will be live streamed for the world. Uh, Alvo is coming to Oculus Quest 2 on March 17th. And then Pop Slinger, a vibrant musical shooter inspired by 90s anime, comes to Windows PC via Steam on April 14th. Uh, as Kevin was looking for that, Tim, have you played any more WWE 2K22? Uh, yeah. Are you liking it more so far? Because I've been playing a lot more, and like the more I play it, the more I'm like, shit, I am loving this game. 
Yeah, I, I am still like I still haven't wrapped my head around it really. Like there's just something about the way just the simple way that the combos and all that stuff works that it I do align a bit more. I forgot who was the review we were reading a bit from, but it was saying that like it kind of just feels like you're inputting uh things to make animations happen. It doesn't yeah. feel consistent what animations are happening. I feel like I just haven't crossed that hump of feeling like I'm in control of it mm, like it kind of okay. just feels like not so much button mashing but it like greg was saying that like when he plays every single thing feels like he knows exactly what to do in the situation he's in my brain's just not allowing me to work that way yet so yeah i'm hoping that it clicks but i'm still i am having fun with it man that showcase mode is like really damn cool and i just like keep playing it a little bit more it's not that long but i still haven't uh, played through it all yet so yeah i'll make my way through that yeah i think I, I was where you were at in terms of like oh yeah i'm just activating animations here and then after playing a lot more i've like crossed the hump over mm -hmm. to where greg's at where i am like okay cool after i do this move i'm gonna pick him up and i'm gonna carry him to the to the uh, turnbuckle and then i'm gonna wail on him and then i'm gonna you know irish whip him across and like i'm like planning out moves in that way that feels so cool and feels so like i'm telling a story through a match which is the corniest thing i could say but like love it that, that's what wrestling is right that's what wwe is and so it's so fun uh right now kevin does have capybara spa pulled up and Fantastic. when i tell you tim that you are spot on about this shit being cute mm -hmm. look at these okay. little guys they're spotted up yeah, it looks like a little. It looks like a mobile game, honestly. Where it is, you are port, you're putting like capybaras into like the little spa baths, and they're like chilling, giving fruit. This, this looks great. This looks great. One's riding another. Like, come on. Yeah, like in, you see the in like a horse kind of way. What was that, Kim? I said, did you guys see the there's tortoises running around with them? No, I missed the. Can you go back? Yeah. The tortoises does it look like Boris the tortoise. Uh, it's smaller. Where are they at? That's a turtle. Oh, if it's smaller than Boris right Torres, that's, that's a turtle. That's a turtle. Where? Right there. On the bottom left. Uh, bottom left. Hold on. There's one in the hot tub with him. He had like a... a, a oh, a shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, that's cute. Tonight I dine on turtle soup. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. <laughs> Rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Nana writes in and says, the paper item Greg was talking about for the Ghostwire Tokyo preview that absorbs spirits is called Katashiro. Katashiro. KitKat485 says, Deathloop did get its own state of play. It was nine minutes long. Uh, nine minutes and 20, or nine minutes... The hmm. Deathloop state of play was nine minutes of a 20-minute state of play. This is now Danobologist chiming in. Mm. And so it wasn't like solely Deathloop, but it was Deathloop focused. And that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tim, me and you nailed it out the park. We're so cool. Nailed it out the park. Nailed it out the park. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I was that's like, oh, right? Literally, like, that's how you're going to end this is <laughs> nailing it out of the park. We nailed it out the park, Tim, me and you. This week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. Tomorrow, you're getting Snowbike Mike and Gary Witta. Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. Thursday, you're getting Tam and Tim for a Tim Tam Thursday. Then on Friday, you're getting Greg, Greg and myself. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is a kind of funny morning show uh, with Mike, Andy, and Nick. If you want to catch that stream later, of course, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Remember, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>